Welcome to the IAB Policy Podcast, where we provide expert commentary and analysis on the legal and regulatory developments impacting the digital advertising industry. My name is Alex Propes, and I'm the Vice President of Public Policy for the IAB, based in Washington, D.C. In today's conversation, I get to sit down with Dr. Karen Mossberger, who is a professor at Arizona State University School of Public Affairs and the director for the Center on Technology, Data, and Society. During our conversation, we'll discuss Dr. Mossberger's groundbreaking research on the economic impact that small online ventures, such as small businesses, social influencers, and digital nonprofits have on their communities, and how this impact stretches far beyond Silicon Valley into the heartland of America. I hope you enjoy. Karen, thank you for joining us. Thanks for the invitation, Alex. In March of this year, you co-authored a study entitled A New Measure of Digital Participation and Its Impact on Economic Opportunity, which was based on data by GoDaddy about 20 million internet domains. To kick off our conversation, could you share a bit more about your research background and the genesis of this project? Um, well, GoDaddy had seen one of the books that I wrote with Carolyn Tolbert on what we call digital citizenship. Um, or the ability to participate in society online for civic engagement, for economic opportunity. So um, GoDaddy approached us and offered to share their data to see what this online activity um, uh, measured by their data means for communities. And we saw right away that this filled a gap for both research and for public policy. Um, our prior work and a lot of other research shows that internet use has economic benefits for individuals, for jobs, for wages, but we need more evidence on the spillover benefits that this has for communities and for the broader society. So public policy assumes that there are these benefits, but we haven't really had good evidence. We have some studies that show that there's benefits for having broadband infrastructure, but we also know that people often can't afford broadband um, and may not have the skills to use it. So just having the infrastructure there isn't really enough to tell us about how technology is being used. Um, some of our prior research showed that there are huge gaps between cities. Think about the difference between Detroit and Seattle, as well as urban and rural differences. Um, this is really showing up with the current pandemic, where rural communities and poor neighborhoods uh, in big cities can't have kids learning remotely because so many people don't have computers and connections at home. But we didn't really have, even beyond infrastructure and beyond um, subscriptions, broadband subscriptions, we didn't have good measures of how people actually use technology at the local level. What does online participation look like in communities? And the GoDaddy data gives us a picture of internet use and skills and, um, you know, together, this is a kind of human capital. So for us as researchers, this was a breakthrough that gave us new data to measure participation in communities. Yeah, that's great. I think, you know, reading through the research, which we'll include a link to, really shows you some, some interesting new perspectives that I think, to your point, go beyond just IT employment or broadband uh, deployment. And so I think that's uh, really fascinating to, to delve into the details. 
but the study itself is based on data from over 20 million ventures uh, in the United States. Could you talk a bit about how ventures were defined? So GoDaddy defines a venture, what they call a venture, as a business, a nonprofit, a cause, or an idea that a customer is working on. And that's a less technical way of saying basically that it's a domain name website um, that's actively being used. And that includes the services attached like email payments, online payments, and social media. So these 20 million active ventures, um, and we had them, uh, we had the zip code for them. So we knew how to uh, put them in zip codes or counties, you know, to um, geographically locate these ventures. Uh, they're basically active domain websites. Um, and while these websites serve businesses that are both large and small, they also capture micro businesses that are so small that they're under the radar. And they don't show up in traditional measures of the digital economy, not only IT employment, but not even the small business data. There is some overlap, of course, because there are many ventures or small businesses. But however we define small businesses, whether it's having less than 100 employees or less than 10, either way, you know, only about half of the counties with a high density of ventures also has a high density of small businesses. So this showed us that ventures included something other than just small businesses. This was something different. Um, also, the GoDaddy's team, their data scientists, did machine learning to try to categorize the websites, and they found that the majority of them were commercial ventures of some kind. Um, with our help, they also conducted a random sample survey of customers, and we got the results for this after the white paper was written. But this confirmed, validated for us what we'd gotten from you know, the comparisons with small business and from um, GoDaddy's categories, it showed, the survey showed that 75% of the respondents, three quarters, identified the purpose of the website as commercial, but most have fewer than 10 employees, only 7% had 11 or more employees, and in fact, 31% of the ventures were solo entrepreneurs. They had no employees. Um, only about one in five of the ventures does business only online. Most of them have some blend of online and offline business. Um, and interestingly, about one in five of the respondents work part-time or are out of the workforce, retired students, stay-at-home parents. So um, for a lot of People. These are small micro businesses that are helping with income or helping them to try out an idea. Um, and this is part of the digital economy that we haven't been able to measure, these micro businesses that don't even show up in government data. And I'll talk about this a little bit later, but I, I think that will be increasingly important for economic recovery too in the future. I think that's really fascinating. We at IAB, really our, our mission is 
primarily to help the media and marketing industries thrive online. And we build the standards and do research to help uh, with that goal. And something that we've found in our research uh, has, has certainly mirrored that, that there are a lot of small publishers. And anecdotally, working with a lot of our member companies, we find that there are a lot of small publishers that are really the backbone of a lot of this. So I think it's, it's great to pull some of that out in data uh, where it's otherwise hidden. So can you talk a bit about the distribution of ventures across the U.S.? Well, ventures are in all kinds of communities, them in urban and rural communities, in small cities, large cities. Um, we can see, we mapped the ventures and we can see areas of the rural West that have a high density of ventures, areas of Texas, Florida, all along the Gulf Coast, the upper Midwest. These areas stand out having a high concentration of ventures, but these aren't the typical tech hubs that have gotten so much attention. So economists have written about rising inequality across places in the US. Um, Enrico Moretti calls this the great divergence. And this place-based inequality is a matter of concern for the long-term. Raj Chetty has shown with his colleagues that the places where children grow up have consequences for income and for opportunities throughout their lives. So one of the reasons that we see this trend toward greater inequality across communities is because of the role that technology has played over the past several decades. Um, the knowledge economy has concentrated economic activity in certain communities more than it did during the time when manufacturing dominated the economy. We can see the big tech firms cluster in certain places where there is a lot of human capital, where there are highly educated and skilled populations. And Brookings is called the superstar cities that form along the coasts while at the same time the economies of places in the heartland have lagged behind. But we can see ventures, a high concentration of ventures in, in a lot of these places in the heartland um, too. And like other aspects of technology, ventures also are growing fast in places with IT employment and college educated populations, but they're not only in these communities and they represent a more inclusive form of technology use. Um, as I said, one that's been hard to measure before. Yeah, that's. I think that's fascinating. You know, some of the we often point to the fact that while there are some of these larger companies uh, within the digital ecosystem, it's true that a lot of the content flowing through those uh, those larger platforms does come from individuals, and those indi individuals are distributed, you know, much more broadly. Um, a couple of years ago, we cr conducted research with uh, Harvard Business School professor John Dayton uh, that tried to look at the economic impact of the advertising ecosystem. And something that I thought was particularly interesting from that study was that distribution uh, aspect. And I think there we found that about three quarters of all activity in this ecosystem took place outside of the major tech hubs like San Francisco, Seattle, or Boston. And I think that, you know, that aligns to some degree with, with it seems like some of the findings you're identifying here. It, it sounds like it. Yes, it's interesting. Um, so, you know, what impacts do digital ventures have on the economic prosperity of their geographic communities? What were the, the results that you found from the study? 
Well, we looked at this in a number of ways across zip codes, which are more like neighborhoods, counties, metropolitan and smaller micropolitan areas. And we find that ventures do have an effect on economic opportunity across all these geographies. Um, what we measured was the density of ventures, that is how many ventures there were per one people in the population. And this density of ventures matters for prosperity, for changes in median income, and also for recovery from the last recession. So one outcome that we looked at, an important one, was a prosperity index that we used. And this was adapted from some economic innovation group had done. It includes poverty rates, changes in jobs, changes in business, um, business establishments, adult population in the workforce, educational attainment, unemployment, housing vacancy. So this index of prosperity, the way that we're defining it, it includes benefits not only just for businesses, but also for local residents. And we examined the venture data using multiple models. We included controls for other factors that affect local economies, the mix of industries, uh, including IT employment. We control for education in the population, demographic factors, age cohorts. Um, and we focus in the white paper on the county level analysis. And that allows us to look at urban, suburban, rural areas, these different economic contexts. And for all of them, as the density of ventures increases, we see higher scores on the prosperity index. Um, the relationships are statistically significant, controlling for other factors. So all ventures matter for prosperity, but highly active ventures um, mattered even more. We had some different categories of activities. Um, to explore this further, to see really, to really test whether ventures were causing uh, these changes in prosperity or, or cause of prosperity in these communities. We used something called two-stage models. Uh, basically what this does is it allowed us to look at whether things that affect ventures like broadband subscriptions, household income, uh, small business density, um, if we could take that out, do we still see an effect of ventures. And doing this, it's a stronger test of whether ventures are related to prosperity. Doing this, actually, the relationship became even stronger. Hmm. Um, another way of looking at whether ventures are really causing what we see is to look at change over time. So we examined change in median income from 2016 to 2018. Um, this really addresses whether it's just places that we're already doing better, that are likely to have better outcomes. And we could see that the density of ventures positively and significantly predicted a higher rate of change in median income in these communities so over time too. And then finally, um, we had a measure from the Economic Innovation Group that looked at uh, change in prosperity scores 
between uh, 2007 and 2016. And, and for them, that was a measure of whether communities had recovered from the uh, last recession. And we could see that ventures were related to this recovery, that places that had more ventures recovered more fully. Um, uh, counties with more ventures, with at least two and a half ventures per 100, which isn't very much, experienced a greater increase in, in prosperity over this period and, and a better recovery. So these represent outcomes across places and over time for businesses and residents and basically for the health of these local economies. I know in this study you compared uh, ventures and the impact on their communities uh, to IT employment, broadband access, small business concentration. You mentioned some of these earlier, but could you give a little more detail on how the results of this research compared to those different uh, previous measures? Well, we introduced these in the models controlling for these different factors. So, um, you know, of course, the concentration of IT firms and highly educated workers does matter, but we also see that even controlling for this, um, we see the development of this grassroots economic activity matters too. Um, and also broadband access matters in all of the um, in all of the models, the percentage of the population with broadband subscriptions predicted these outcomes too. Um, but ventures mattered more, even more than just the broadband subscriptions. And again, this makes sense because it's really focusing on digital entrepreneurship. It's focusing on use and not whether just someone has a, a subscription. So um, this, again, allowed us to measure how technology is actually being used in communities. It represents a level of skill that people have to put together a website and uh, you know, to have digital entrepreneurship. Um, and we could see from this that these superstar cities aren't the whole story of technology, of how technology has affected local economies. As you were conducting this, did anything surprise you? Were there results that you hadn't anticipated going into it? Yeah, actually, ventures surprisingly make a greater difference in counties with relatively lower rates of broadband subscription. There has to be huh. some level, obviously. I said it's necessary, but not sufficient. But we could see a greater impact in the prosperity scores in these places that had um, somewhat lower rates of broadband. Um, and so that those were counties that were poor and often rural. And it's in these disadvantaged places um, with somewhat lower rates of broadband adoption that adding more ventures boosts economic prosperity to a greater extent. Um, and we think that this is because the ventures are adding new economic activity. They're creating opportunities by connecting these places to the larger economy. Um, so we didn't really expect that. It didn't just, you know, broadband subscriptions as they increase didn't mean that, you know, 
economic prosperity increased. Um, it, it's actually the interaction between the subscriptions and, uh, and, and having more ventures that predicted economic prosperity. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, I think it, if, if trying to draw an analogy from something, an, an offline use case, I guess, you know, just because you have access to television or television stations doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, it's, it's having an economic uh, impact on you or on your community. But, um, but having broadband access, like you said, it's, it's necessary, but not sufficient. And if you have uh, highly engaged ventures that are either building kind of an economic uh, base in the digital economy for a community or helping bring that community together in some other way through nonprofits, that there are knock-on effects. Um, and so it's, it is independent to that extent from, uh, from broadband access alone. Yeah, and they really seem to be filling a need in some of these um, uh, less advantaged counties too. So you mentioned earlier um, recovery and the impact that ventures have on on you know economic recovery, but could you share a bit about how you think about the results of this study amidst the current COVID nineteen health crisis that we're we're facing right now? Yeah, we finished this study before the pandemic, but we're continuing to do research on the impact of ventures. Um, the um, white paper talks about data from November 2018, but we've collected data since then, and now we have access to monthly data. So while the economy in general has experienced a, a great shock from COVID-19, we've seen that this has really hit small businesses particularly hard, with many of them already shut down or struggling to survive. And so we wonder whether just as places with a a higher density of ventures demonstrated a stronger recovery from the last recession. Um, perhaps these communities may be more resilient in the current crisis as well. Uh, businesses with online transactions may have been able to continue during the pandemic. An online presence might help with marketing afterward. Uh, digital startups may be able to gain a footing with little capital in the beginning. So those businesses with a digital presence and their surrounding communities may be able to weather the storm better and may have more resources to thrive in the future. We're going to be able to look at how this varies across communities, um, uh, you know, how, they, how community places were affected during the pandemic and how they respond in the future. Um, how does recovery from the last recession affect resilience now? How does this differ across metropolitan regions compared to less populated areas? What role do ventures play in recovery um, in communities with different economies, different industry profiles? How do they matter? Um, controlling for differences in state policies um, and whether the pandemic accelerates this trend we've seen toward growing inequality across places and and what role does do ventures play in these changes that that i'm sure we're going to see 
Um, so these are questions that we think are urgent and we hope to begin to answer these soon with data from this project. And related to that, as policymakers are, are you know, thinking about the right policies to put in place for the digital economy, uh, which in relative terms is still new and, and quickly changing and dynamic, what implications do you think this research could have for them? Well, I think this research on ventures gives us important new evidence about how technology use matters in communities, how widespread, uh, widespread broadband use and skills affect community prosperity and potentially other outcomes. Um, I think that affordable broadband should be part of national and local economic development strategies. Um, the pandemic demonstrated the extent to which we still have unequal access, not only in rural communities, but also in urban communities. Um, affordability is important for both urban and rural broadband adoption. Um, programs promoting digital skills specifically for small businesses and uh, for entrepreneurship and for startups, these are something that I think can be useful in communities. Um, and, you know, for local economic development that might encourage micro businesses to get a start and to help them grow. Um, digital entrepreneurship should be part of small business programs along with assistance that's more traditionally offered like putting together business plans, loans, and other assistance. And in workforce development plan uh, programs rather, um, this could be included in addition to job skills. Uh, it's something that could be offered in community colleges. How do you use a website to start a business or to grow an idea? Um, encouraging, I think, in the larger context, encouraging the growth of ventures uh, is an alternative way to think about how to bring communities into the digital economy. At the local level, we see this heated competition for IT firms, sometimes with giveaways that are far beyond the expected economic benefits that the community might get. And this is kind of a digital version of the old smokestack chasing in local <laughs> economic development. Firms can collect these incentives and then move away. Um, or even if they stay, they might not generate the promised employment and other benefits. Um, and even if this didn't have, you know, this kind of digital smokestack chasing didn't have these kinds of risks, not every community can attract big tech firms or be the next headquarters cities. But every community can nurture the growth of local assets like ventures. And that contributes to greater economic growth overall. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. You know, again, within a digital advertising context, one of the advantages of the internet has been the decreased barriers to entry. Uh, you don't have to have a, a sales force to reach out to advertisers to fund your content. You can now plug into this broader ecosystem, work with existing digital service providers, and from day one, begin to, to make an income, um, whether it's supplemental or a full-time job, uh, through advertising to support services or passion projects or, or content that you're interested in. 
And I think there's a, a lot of good examples of that online. Um, so that, that certainly rings true to me. And then also the point you made about education and specifically you know, entrepreneurship and business education in this context, I think that's a great point too. Within you know, our industry, it didn't exist 30 years ago um, as the internet was still kind of commercializing. And today it's you know, well over $100 billion within the digital media uh, landscape. And I think it just goes to show that you know, yes, you need access to the right tools and services, but you also need to, you know, know how to look for those opportunities um, in this this still relatively young uh, economy where less capital investment is often required. It is often easier to to get up and running as long as you you know where to look for for the right opportunities. Um, so both of those make a lot of sense to me. Our guest today has been Dr. Karen Mossberger. Karen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation.